want to welcome you to another episode of Mindset Growth Podcast. My name is Gary Bontrager, and I have Heather Mullinex, my co-host, here with me today. We are very excited for our next guest. This is a person that I know has worked hard on improving herself and overcoming adversity so she can live a, I would say, free and happy life, maybe less stressful life. So it's always fun, and I'm taking that from some of the things that I see she posts. So with that, Heather, can we go ahead and introduce her? Yeah. All right. How about it? <laughs> Iva Bontrager, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being on here, Iva. I uh, uh, see we share the same last name, but that's through marriage, and I've known your husband and his family <laughs> for a long time. So yeah. that's uh, that's somewhat fun. But uh, And then, of course, I've known your family as well. Uh, yes. we didn't really grow up that far apart from each other. And one of the things that we'll get into some of the things you're doing now, but for the audience, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and maybe, you know, where you grew up and things like that. Sure. Yeah. I'm currently a life and a business coach and, uh, I am a wife to Levi and I'm mom to three adult sons. We live on a farm close to Kelowna. Kelowna, Iowa. And um, I also serve as a leader in our church. I've been in that role for close to 10 years. And I've been a business owner for over 20 years. I started my first business when I was 14 years old. So entrepreneurialism kind of just runs through my veins. And um, but yeah, I was born and raised here in Kelowna. So a cool little interesting fact is that we live on the farm where I was born and raised. So I really love that. It's fun for me. And we get to see my children kind of um, just to get to experience life on the farm and just pass that on to my children has been just a really cool blessing. So. Cool. Uh, that's, uh, always fun to watch them grow up and it's fun to see them experience things. And yet, even though times change being outdoors, a lot of that is, uh, uh, really been, it's interesting to see how they develop through all that and how they relate yeah. to those things. Is the farm as busy as it was when you were growing up? No, actually, we don't own the farm. My brother owns the farm. So we just get the benefits of like living on the farm. There you go. <laughs> but my kids still get to experience, you know, just what farm life is like to yep. a certain extent. And um, he's way downsized what he does compared to what we did growing up. We had a dairy farm growing up. So he just has cattle now and does crop farming. So it's a lot less intense than what it was when we were younger, but it's still good. When you were younger, I'm guessing there were more uh, little hands on the farm to help out. Yes. Than... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah. can you tell us about, do you have like a, a morning routine then? Yes. I, um, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I pop in my earbuds and I listen to my brain prime. So if you're wondering what a brain prime is, I can talk about that later, but, um, and then I typically go and drink some electrolytes just to hydrate my body for the day. And I typically do some stretching, some exercises, and then I will spend some time reading the word of God and praying over my day and just kind of setting my heart and my intentions for the day. So that's what my routine looks like right now. It kind of changes in different seasons of my life, but that's what works for me right now. So That's interesting. You say that we have a lot of people who have small, when we have them on and they have small children, they usually say we had a routine and now it's gone. And, you know, it's just kind of a, it, it really depends when kids wake up and what's going on. So that can always change. Yeah. 
We're going to throw a couple of rapid fire questions at you. And these are not questions that you got. So just, you can just quickly answer them. We're just looking for a quick response or just something kind of fun, loosen things up. And a lot of times we get some good little discussion out of them. I'll go with the first one here. Do you collect anything? Do I collect anything? Um, no, my husband would say I collect shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm a an given. addict of shoes. That's a given, right? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty much minimalist. I don't like collecting, you know, like trinkets and things like that. So no. Okay. If you could start a charity, what would it be? Um, ooh, I could go two ways. I would say probably something to help families um, that are dealing with kids with special needs. Our oldest son was diagnosed on the autism spectrum and I had an incredible support system in place to help my son recover. And not all families have that. And so my heart is really to help and support other families that um, are helping their children recover and resource them um, as they walk that journey with their kids. Yeah. Autism is something that um, I don't really know how long it's something that we've heard about, but I feel like we know so much more about it now than what we did, you know, a decade, two decades ago, for sure, and how to deal yeah. with that. So I, I feel like it's still kind of definitely evolving. So, yeah, that would be. Yes, for sure. I think yeah. it was in the 90s some point that it really started. We started having that happen it. a lot more. Yeah. And it was, uh, I think it's just something that occurs a lot more too, but that's a whole nother mm -hmm. subject. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to go down that <laughs> road sure. today. So, uh, what's your favorite thing to cook? Ooh, um, Mexican. I could eat Mexican food oh. anytime. I actually love cooking is one of my things that I do as a creative outlet. So, um, if I just need some time to like, you know, decompress, I just find a fun new recipe and try it out. And that's just kind of a way to let my creative outlet come so, yeah. Well, you and Heather can relate with the Mexican food. She's, <laughs> I love Mexican. She lived in Phoenix for a period of time. And so around here, sometimes Mexicans, just it just doesn't measure up. So Some is a lot better yeah. than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Do you make your own tortilla shells then? No, I'm not quite that adventurous. Yeah. I was watching something the other night that showed them being made. And I'm like, ah, that looks interesting. I know. When Poncheros first came out, I wanted to get a press and everything to do it, but I've still not done that. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your upbringing and how that led you to where you are now? Sure. So I was born and raised in the Amish culture. And so um, I would say probably the strongest influence out of that to where I'm at today is, I would say the work ethic, mm -hmm. you know, the Amish culture has a very strong work ethic and it's something that I've carried through all my life. Um, you know, I would say it's part of, you know, what I was raised with in that culture, but also, you know, just my gifting and my design, I'm just naturally more geared towards working hard. I enjoy working. It's hard for me to sit still. And so, um, I actually have to learn how to slow down and rest, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would say that work ethic and, um, has really influenced, you know, and just 
that ability to never give up, like um, that tenacity, no matter what obstacles I face in my life, um, you know, I just giving up is never an option. And I would say some of that probably comes from how I was born and raised, but also just who I am as a person, um, you know, just giving up is never an option. So, yeah. Well, a couple of things come to mind because I know some of your family, I do understand that was a reputation that everyone in your family had as far as your siblings, but, uh, and just growing up in a similar environment, you know, I, and you've probably heard it, but my mother would always like, you better not be the slowest, the laziest, whatever. I mean, if you're going out the door and it was going to be working in a group, you know, you had something you'd better be living up to. And so I think there was a lot of value put on that. But then to spin that yet another thing, when we talk about growing up that way, uh, when you talk about never quitting and never giving up, I think one thing that's taught us a lot of perse uh, perseverance is things happen and that's just the way it it was, and we accept it because that was God's will and nobody questions it. And, you know, I mean, like losing my father at a younger age, mm -hmm. you move on. You just, you know, you don't, yeah. you, you know, today it gets, there's, and probably in a healthy way, there's a lot more support when you experience yes. that. In our case, or my case, there really was, there was none. And it was, uh, which caused me a little different path to travel later in life because of that, because I never did express any emotion really through that. You just got up each day and you push on. So I think, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, but I think one of the things that happened, I, I know today you're sitting here in a healthy mindset with hard work, understanding you need balance. I can identify with all of that because there's years that's, and some of it might've been a coping mechanism, just work to stay busy. So you don't have to think about uh, maybe personal things and what's going on in your head. So, um, has, how does that, I mean, what's your thoughts on some of that, that I just stated? Can you relate to that or is there? Yeah, for sure. I would say, um, that mindset of ignoring. So my story is that, you know, my relationship with my dad was not that great just simply because, um, you know, he was emotionally unavailable and, you know, that, simply because of the trauma that he himself experienced as a young child. You know, I know that now as an adult, but I can really relate to the, you know, it is what it is and you just keep moving on and you don't address the pain. And um, I would say just, you know, as an adult walking with God and experiencing his healing, really understanding God's heart for me as his daughter has been so transformational um, experiencing and receiving, you know, my heavenly father's love for me in a way that my earthly father could never show to me, uh, was so transformational for me. And just really was that first step to begin healing and recovering from that pain of having a father who was emotionally absent, um, and actually, you know, walking through that process of forgiveness towards him, even after he had passed away, um, I had to still deal with that in my heart and allow God to heal me of that pain. And um, that in itself was so transformational and really propelled me towards my own healing journey and um, has really played a big part of where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I think culturally somewhat that's though, even outside of the 
the fact that maybe your father, you know, went through tough things when he was young and that carried over, it's also a little bit of a cultural norm. Sure. To not, yes. to not yeah. show a lot of emotion and that type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, probably there, I view, you know, like my mother, I would say she was there to take care of my physical needs. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, it was kind of like, man, eh, you know, you're out there sorting yeah. it out yourself. So it's yep. interesting that you talk about that. Um, and I, and I just want listeners to think about that because I think so often, and I, I know, and I, we can say culturally how we grew up, but I think it's this way in the world today in a lot of places. People don't have sometimes really a support system of anybody to reach out with, out to, and really get mm -hmm. help and learn how to, in a healthy way, work through just emotional and mental baggage and find themselves in a healthy uh, headspace at some point. So what was a turning point to, for you? And I guess maybe I'm jumping ahead too far, but I know from following your information on social media and things that at some point you hired a personal coach. If I understand it correctly, might've been a different term, but that's how I took it. And what was a turning point for you to be ready to accept that type of help or think that you would even reach out and ask for that help? Because a lot of folks don't do that. Actually, my story is a little bit unique in the fact that the opportunity just kind of got dropped in my lap. So um, when I first started, uh, serving on the leadership team at our church, um, the, we, uh, have an oversight team that provides oversight from outside of our church, you know, as, and walks with us as a leadership team. And when I first joined our leadership team, they had a life coach on staff and I was asked if I would want some coaching from her and I had never had coaching before. I didn't really understand what coaching was. And so I was like, sure. And it ended up being this really pivotal point in my life where I was facing some transition and she really walked closely with me and was so, so helpful for me in that season of my life to help me walk in a healthy way in that, into that transition. And I remember thinking at the time how much of a difference and how much of an impact her coaching made in my life. and. After that, I realized that coaching was something that I didn't really want to be without. Mm. And um, there was a season of time where I didn't have coaching after that. But a while later, I was like, I need coaching. I, I really need this in my life. And so I've been intentional about making sure I have some type of coaching, whether it's business, personal life, spiritual coaching, whatever. I have some kind of coaching in my life um, and I see the value and the importance of it. So, yeah. That's interesting because, yeah, that's... Uh... It's, I remember as a young business owner, the concept wasn't really out there in the nineties. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, uh, you know, you'd maybe ask advice from somebody that you thought was successful, but most of those folks at that time that I would talk to kind of, I think had the attitude of, we don't want to give you the wrong advice. So we're just not going to give you any, you know, we don't want to steer you the wrong way. And so that's very interesting, uh, that you kind of ended up in that because it's not a common thing for folks to get involved yes. in because it's, right. it's a form of counseling is what it comes down to. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, well, first of all, uh, you said that it was kind of a pivotal point in your life. You were, you were maybe 
going another direction. Is that kind of why you were led to, hey, we have this resource for you? Or was that just, you know, something that that was offered to everybody, I'm sure. But did someone recognize that maybe this could be a little help for you? Um, I think it was a combination of both. Um, I had been serving in a ministry in our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been leading uh, a ministry and um, some changes had happened there that had caused me to kind of struggle. And so I think her leadership saw that I was struggling, but also it was a kind of thing where, hey, we kind of recommend this for anybody that, sure. you know, wants this. And um, so I think it was a combination of both. Yeah. Okay. So you went through the process. You you found this coach as such a resource for you. So um, when you went through that process, can, what changed? Can you walk us through that? Like confidence, less anxiety, or how did that look for you? Um, for sure, I would say just probably clarity on my path of where I was going, just helping me to see more clearly of the direction I could take and what that could look like. And just to kind of reduce some of the um, anxiety around that. So um, that was probably the most in that season of life. I would say most recently, how coaching has impacted me is, you know, I feel like I'm showing up completely different as a business owner. Um, and even as a leader in the church with a lot more confidence and just, um, you know, the courage to really be who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think within the church, it's not always typical for women to serve in leadership roles and especially upfront leading from a visible place. And so I've really had to step into that in a way that, um, is not probably very common, especially in our area. And um so that has challenged me in a lot of ways but it's also been really uh amazing to see how you know when i show up with that that level of confidence because of the the inner work that i'm doing it like comes out how i show up right i show up differently as a person and um even for my business you know i'm just showing up way more confident as a business owner and as a leader so yeah so more than anything, it's probably empowered you in a personal level, which obviously filters out in all your professional levels as well. Mm-hmm. You talk a little bit about uh, on your website about feeling inadequate due to cultural norms, education, uh, probably a lot of feelings that I can relate to. Uh, and then, you know, you decide to start, you know, you've had your own business and been self-employed. Some of that comes a little natural, maybe because of work ethics and things. But uh, how did, how did all that seem to transpire? It's trans, you know, as far as you've got uh, going from feeling inadequate to feeling your confidence. I mean, that's, I understand you had a yeah. coach, but I understand there's things you had to do different to get, you know, from A to B. I mean, there's something had to change and you had to figure out, well, you know, how was that process for you? Yeah. um, Definitely, I would say, you know, growing up and, you know, when you're done with eighth grade, like I quit formal education, right? And so when I looked at the world around me, my belief that I picked up was that 
you know, people who are smart, you know, they get a college education and they have a college degree. And so without even being aware, you know, I picked up this belief that somehow I was less than because I didn't have that. And um, it wasn't really until the last couple of years when I did some of the deeper work that I realized that um, it was actually a belief that I had picked up that was influencing the results I was seeing in my life. And so I would say specifically some of that work that I have done is um, really come through, you know, I've just finished up my neuro coaching certification. And so mm. I would say that deep brain-based level of transformation that I've done through that work that I'm doing um, is really what has propelled me forward to remove those old belief systems that I was carrying that I didn't even know I had um, that had surfaced in that process. and. Uh, being able to remove those and replace them with the truth that I am smart. I mean, honestly, you know, those beliefs that we form uh, get stored into our subconscious memory. And then they, you know, it, 90 to 95% of the actions we take and the results we see in our life on a daily basis come from our subconscious. And so, um, you know, removing those old broken patterns of belief systems that we carry in our brain is so important. And so I would say that's a very um, crucial step that I've taken to overcome those uh, old patterns of beliefs that I had picked up as a young child and carried through into my adulthood of believing that I wasn't smart enough or somehow I lacked the qualifications necessary to become successful. Um, and really then tapping into my logical brain and finding evidence where in my life is there proof for my brain to see that I am smart enough. And there's all sorts of examples, right? Uh, but until I did that deep work, I was functioning from that place of my subconscious memory that was telling me that I wasn't smart enough and that I didn't have what it took to be successful. And so, yeah, I would say definitely addressing those belief systems. That's what has helped me move forward. We want to thank Gary Bontrager Consulting for being a sponsor on the Mindset Growth Podcast. There's a variety of services they offer. They have human resources for one. They have a sales program. They also work with the financials, whether you need to help set up your QuickBooks or go with a high level person that can help you do benchmarking, budgeting, and the likewise. They also do a lot of leadership training, whether you are the business owner, manager, or are just leaders in departments. They can tailor those packages for you. Reach out to them for a free consult and they will see what your needs are and offer different opportunities for you to put in motion to take your business to the next level. They have been successful over the past few years in helping organizations not only grow, but grow as much as two, three, and 400% in a 12 month period. Certainly, they understand it takes a strong foundation and there are years where there may be no growth leading up to this as they put the right pieces in place. Reach out to them at www.garybontrager.com. You can reach out to them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter and get the free advice that they offer. And that may be just what you need to set you on a different path to lead you forward and be successful in your business and your life. We appreciate them supporting us. So I grew up um, 
differently. Gary, Gary says <laughs> the English woman. So, but you know, and I went to college, but there's still, you know, I think we all somewhere along the way suffer with those insecurities that I think we yeah. all have them. Yeah. So, um, you know, can you talk about how important it is for us to, to really address those and remove them? And maybe this is where you talk about, uh, what you mentioned at, at the beginning of our talk about your, what'd you call it? Your brain Brain prime. Yeah, yes. brain yeah. prime. Maybe, yes. maybe that's where this comes yes. into play. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I think all of us, no matter how educated we are or what high level of leader we're functioning as, we're always going to be bumping into those insecurities. Yeah. You know, next level, next level. There's always some kind of resistance that our brain is going to come up against. And typically is some kind of insecurity about who we are. It's that imposter syndrome that wants to pop up. Um, but uh, as far as the insecurities, you know, I feel like for sure the um, the brain work and, you know, processing and removing of those old belief systems. So the brain prime that I mentioned is just simply uh, it's an audio recording that I listen to every morning right when I get out of bed and then every night right before I go to bed, because that's when the brain is the most receptive uh, to taking in that information. Okay. But it comes out of there's a whole step by step process of addressing those those belief systems that we want to get rid of that's running in our subconscious memory and then replacing it with the truth. And those truths are what we put into a recording. And that's what we listen to morning and evening. Um, so I have what I call a truth prime, which is the truth to replace those broken beliefs and then also a vision prime and the vision prime I love because as well, because it. You know, it's like taking the vision, what you're going for mm -hmm. and like describing it in 3D, like bringing it to life for your brain to see. And you listen to that, you know, at least twice a day. But what that does is it removes the resistance in your brain when you're going towards your vision. And so it's like when you step into that vision life that you've created for yourself, it's so much easier because it's lower the resistance in your brain because your brain's job is to keep you safe and familiar so anytime that your brain feels like you're stepping into something new, never been down this path before, it throws up resistance. And so it's just kind of one of those cool brain hacks that we get to do to help lower that resistance in our brain. Um, I would say huh. the neuro coaching work that I am doing is like mindset work on steroids. Like it, <laughs> it has propelled me forward in ways that um, has just been so phenomenal. When I look back even a year ago to where I'm at, where I'm at today, I'm like, wow stuff works. So anyway, I'm just really excited to get to have this, um, you know, tool to use with my clients as well. So that is so interesting. And is this your own voice that you're listening to something that you help your clients with you say, Okay, let's visualize it. Let's write it down. Let's record it. Let's listen to it. Is that part of your yes. process? Yep. Your brain wants to hear its own voice. And, um, you know, whether you read it out loud or listen to it on audio, it needs to be your own voice. Mm -hmm. Well, our minds are wired to protect ourselves and they will shut us down at 40% of our capacity. And our biggest problem is our own limiting beliefs in who we are and what we have. And how we talk to ourselves is vitally important. Anybody that listens to me knows I talk about that all the time. So when we say negative things, just like the things you talked about, I mean, I can tell you working in groups, probably even with some of your family members, we would make comments because we were the uneducated kids, so we'd make the comments derogatory, but we'll outwork everybody else. I mean, I clearly remember those days. 
And, you know, yet it wasn't a healthy balance for any of us, but we're going to overcome it with a reaction to something else. I will add, Heather has probably helped me come past, uh, overcome the whole thing of realizing, because I would think too, I'm not smart because of, but Mm -hmm. I also, you know, years ago, vowed to learn something new every day. And that compounds over time. And I think people that if you want to quote unquote, use the word smart are people that are willing to continue to educate, learn and grow. So that's incredible. I will say this, just visiting with you and seeing you on camera right now, this is not the same person I seen five years ago. I can clearly see it right now. So I'm saying that even for those of you that are listening and cannot see the video, I I'm telling you what she's talking about works and makes a difference. You mm-hmm. use some different terminologies than what we do, but it's uh, it, it absolutely works. And if there's any two big things, I would always push out there. One, be careful how you talk to yourself. Yes. And and don't let your limiting beliefs hold you back. Anything's possible. There's mm-hmm. no reason that you cannot accomplish anything that anyone else can. So. Our brain is always listening to us. And I think that's the thing that, that um, has stood out to me the most in all of this is that, you know, those words that we say, our brain is listening. And scientific research shows that, you know, a thought combined with an emotion repeated often enough, our brain stores it in our subconscious memory. And so that subconscious memory is what's affecting our results. And so, you know, to really understand how much our words, our thoughts, our outcome and our results is so powerful. And now that I'm aware of that, as I listen to other people talk, if it's, you know, outside of a coaching realm, it's really hard for me to be like that. (laughs) It's not helping you, you know, and always being aware of that. But one crucial piece that I think um, sometimes is missed in the mindset world is the removal of the old belief. And it's a really important step that I'm so excited to not only learn myself, but to get to use with my clients, you know, the scientific process of removing the old belief is a really important step. And there's, um, you know, just a kind of geek out on the neuro side of it, but yeah. there's, you know, you, the brain scans that show the removal of those neuropathways. And in the coach, in the neuro coaching world, we call it synoptic pruning, and it's actually removing those brain synopsis and then actually forming new ones. And, um, yeah, it's just crazy awesome stuff that I like I love to get to do. So I like hearing you talk about this because it it does make sense, but it's on a, I don't know, it's a complex level, but it can be uncomplicated. Yes, yes. And so I trained under Dr. Shannon Urban and so she actually is a doctor of neuropsychology. So she like sat in those scientific rooms, did all the science part of it, and she took what she learned and brought it into the coaching world. And so just combining the two, you know, the the, the coaching process backed by the scientific research and that whole process uh, is just what is so incredibly powerful. This is, I wish I could just take you, set you down with my daughter and her softball team because you <laughs> see these these poor teenage girls, you know, once they get down on themselves, it's so hard to tell them, yes, you can. And their mindset just takes over. You can see it on their face. Their whole body carries it. And I like to tell my daughter, you know, when she, when she's so negative on, all the time, I'm like, well, whether you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. 
Yes. There's, yes. there's, it's so. interesting. The other thing I will just uh, share, I want, cause I want listeners to know this. There are so many times we as people hear people say very negative and derogatory things about us. And although that affects us, what affects us far more is once we repeat it to ourselves and actually start to verbally question out loud to ourselves, maybe this is true. Maybe I am worthless. Maybe I'm no good mm -hmm. to anybody else. Mm -hmm. When you use language like that, that's what you're talking about. I mean, I want listeners to understand that. And mm -hmm. I went through then an unhealthy process as a younger person because I probably went to humor and arrogance saying how good I was because I was determined not to talk negative about myself. And so that wasn't necessarily a healthy process either, but at least was breaking the cycle of, you know, talking myself mm -hmm. down. I was at least trying to build myself up. And verbally, sometimes I would make statements of like, I'm awesome at this in front of other people, knowing that at the best I'm average. But, you know, the other side of it is it triggered something within me. I had to do be the best one of that group to do that at that point in time, because I had just verbally laid that commitment out there. So it's not, it wasn't the healthiest way. I know it's not the way you're going <laughs> to encourage somebody to do it, but it's interesting, you know, when I was in my early twenties and late teens, how I already was trying to find a way to overcome mm -hmm. some of those things. And, uh, but yes, the way, uh, the, the way we talk to ourselves is hugely important. And the fact that our brain will shut us down or mind will shut us down at 40% of our capacity, it's wired to protect. And if, if we can just remove that safety net, there's so many positive things can happen. I mean, you could have sat there two years ago, said, I'm not going to learn certain things and put myself out there in certain ways because I'm par paranoid or I'm afraid to get on a stage or be in front of people. This is not culturally how I grew up. This is not my norm. But you also would miss out on a tremendous amount of reward and confidence. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I've had to learn to walk different. I've had to learn to talk different, uh, even like change how I enunciate and just different things because, you know, somewhat mm -hmm. had a, uh, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> you have your own way of speaking the way wow. I grew up. Uh, there's a word that's not there, but kind of have my own dialect of the English language. So I try to learn new words and uh, <laughs> enunciate better and things like that. But I just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that listen to this that do not watch it. I'm telling you, this stuff works and it's not crazy. It's not like science fiction. It's, uh, it's, it's, you can go into the Bible and it'll talk about self-care and how you treat people and you cannot treat others any better than you think of yourself or treat yourself. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to think of it as a selfish way. But you first need to take care of yourself so that you can actually be in a position and a condition to help others. So I've mm -hmm. got a business partner. His mission statement is showing up better in my world so I can show up better in yours. And it's really something to focus on because we find our fulfillment when we start to give back to other people. Yes. And that's, that's yeah. otherwise our focus is on ourself. And if we want to shift mm -hmm. that, that's how we're going to find fulfillment. So. Anyway, that was awesome. I just kind of went off on a whole uh, tangent there. <laughs> so 
and I know this is the case, and it's fair to say that everyone can have feelings of inadequacy and needs to find healthy uh, ways to deal with those insecurities. I mean, I imagine you agree with that. What are just some quick tips that you can throw out that maybe people could go, I can do this and it'll make a difference today, or I will do this, but I also really maybe need to connect with somebody to help me be accountable through this. Sure. I think the best thing for our brain is what I touched on earlier was finding that logical evidence. Since we work so much out of our subconscious memory, it's pausing and really, you know, I always encourage people to journal because when we journal, we put pen to paper. It's, you know, diving deeper into the emotional center of our brain and we can go deeper when we're when we're writing. Um, but finding that those uh, instances of actual evidence. So you know, for instance, for me, when I was telling myself I wasn't smart enough and working through that, I had to sit down and find those places in my life that proved that I was smart enough. And I could come up with all sorts of proof. And I needed to write that out so my brain could see that. And so I just really encourage people, if you're wrestling and you're struggling with, you know, a limiting belief that's showing up in your life, begin to sit down and journal uh, around where is that in your life? This is not true. Uh, or where can you see this showing up in somebody else's life that, you know, this is proof to your brain that it doesn't have to be a reality for you. Um, and then, uh, you know, and always working with a coach, you know, I can only go so far by myself, but when I work with a coach, I can always go deeper. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And so find somebody that can help you, you know, work through uh, those belief systems that are holding you back. It's so, so crucial. Um, and being around a community of people that believe in you uh, is very important as well. Like we can't surround ourselves with people uh, that hold us back and draw us back down. We have to be surrounded by people that are pushing us forward, you know, and for me, it's always being around people that are further ahead than I am so that I'm, you know, encouraged to go further. Right. And they're calling me on and um, I want to be that for others as well. But being around that community of people that support you is is very, very important as well. You just mentioned the people you hang out and associate with, and I'm 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 sure this has probably happened, but you've probably had to change somewhat times your friends group and things like that. And then even the other side of that with the things you're doing now, you probably need to prepare yourself for it maybe to happen again a time or two in your life. How do you mm -hmm. is that something you intentionally think about or is it something that just kind of naturally takes its course? For the most part, I mean, there's some intention in it for sure, but I would say uh, recently I've come through another shift of who I surround myself with. And some of that has just, you know, kind of naturally happened. Uh, I just feel like, you know, God sometimes just, you know, allows those people in our lives at the right time. And I feel like that's what's happened just recently. And through some really God ordained connections, um, you know, I just feel like my, my, friend group to some degree is shifting again. And so um, some intention, but also some of it just naturally evolves. I think as we show up differently, we attract different people as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. No, that's wonderful. I, uh, I'm extremely happy for the journey you're on. Uh, it just is exciting <laughs> to see anybody grow and learn and dig into that stuff. It's, yeah. uh, it's been a, it's become a passion of mine. So uh, that's awesome. Can you tell us about your coaching business then? Yeah. So I, um, my passion is to coach other 
female entrepreneurs um, who have a desire to build thriving, profitable businesses. And that's really where the core of my focus of my business is at right now. And um, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching packages, you know, like to whoever that would like to do this neuro-based work, male or female. Um, but uh, definitely reach out to me if you're interested in learning more about this neuro-based work, because it is, it is really, really powerfully effective. Um, you know, I just did a little bit with my husband. This was kind of interesting. Uh, I had seen kind of, you know, it's a different dynamic when you're working with your spouse as a yeah. coach. <laughs> but um, he was willing to go there with me. And I worked through this one belief that I knew I could see it in him. And he was willing to work on it. And he keeps talking about, he's like, wow, this stuff just works. And um, anyway, something really significant happened in his life as a result of, of doing this work as well. And um, yeah, so it's just been really fun to get to use this. Sure. I've been told stop being the coach all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to turn it off sometimes. I know. <laughs> it's just, well, you see the opportunity for, you know, and I know we're blind to our own many times. Right. So yes. that's always interesting. Um, how can people get a hold of you and find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Iva Bond Trigger and Facebook at Iva Bond Trigger Coaching. And then my website is ivabontrigger.com. And I just put out a new resource, free resource on my website. Um, I'm not sure if it's up yet. My web designer is working on it, but I created just kind of like this um, guide to help people find their niche. I know that was one of the things that really held me back for a long time was discovering what my niche was. Like yeah. it was, I just could not, I just felt so stuck because I couldn't decide which way I wanted to go. And you know, you, you look at the opportunities before you're like, I could help so many people and then being able to narrow it down can be a really challenging process. So I created a fun, cool little resource for people to help them just narrow down their niche. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go onto my website and sign up for that. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I, uh, cause we have a lot of times people and that's cause we work, I work with a lot of, well, we all you do as well, Heather, but we work with a lot of businesses and a lot of them can end up being in construction. And it seems like it leads them the opportunity to try to be a plumber, an electrician, a framer, a roofer, you know, and what I've found is once they really even just as an example, and in your case, it might be sometimes a little different, uh, whether they're, you know, selling body products or something else, but you know, it's it's an interesting how much more effective they become and how much more profitable and efficient when they start to focus and really figure out what they want to do. I mean, it's I mean, we've seen, yeah, two, three, four hundred percent growth in a year just from narrowing it down and becoming really good at it. So uh that piece is very important. And I use that as a uh maybe as a physical example, but it's really all right in our head. I mean, that's exactly where it all starts. It's right in our head and it's our limiting belief in how we think. And so narrowing that down, mm -hmm. just having a coach like Iva or somebody that can walk you through those steps to narrow down. And the thing that it's taken me a lot longer than it probably should have is to just figure out even what it is I truly enjoy and find mm -hmm. fulfillment from. Yeah. And then what is my mission and purpose on in life? And I just want to mm -hmm. add that because as people listen, I'm sure these are things you take them th through because- uh, I just finishing up writing a book and uh, a couple things that in there, the one, I have a full chapter on truth and we talk a lot about what we believe is true, 
but it's how subjective it can be because we tell ourselves a lot of things that really are not true. Mm -hmm. So truth can be a bit of an interesting thing. It's not always black and white. It's, uh, you know, because we tell ourselves things and we believe it as absolute mm -hmm. gospel truth, and that's not the case. Uh, and then I lost my train of thought on the other one. <laughs> you got that one? No, I don't have it for you. I wasn't what? reading your, I know I wasn't reading your mind that time. <laughs> but there was something else. I was going to relate it back to that, uh, what Iva was talking about. Anyway. Finding your niche. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just getting focused and being intentional. Uh, still not coming back. To that, but <laughs> with that, that's all right. We, uh, But I just want to thank you again for joining us uh, on Mindset Growth Podcast. We really appreciate your time and your investment, not only in yourself, but in what you're doing uh, for others. And I'm sure that's creating a legacy that you can be proud of and your family will be proud of as well. So with that, thank you for joining us on Mindset Growth Podcast. I would ask all of you listeners, if you're on YouTube, to go out, hit the subscribe and follow button. If you're on our other uh, platforms, uh, Spotify and all of those, please do the same. You can uh, look up Iva's information and follow her. I'm sure she's going to talk a lot more about uh, the whole process she does to change your, think, uh, your patterns of healthy thinking. And we appreciate you investing that time with us today. So with that, have a great day. Thank you for having me.